What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. No carry this week. The men with the golden tongues go it alone in the video game sphere. Um, nothing new for us. Micah has been continuing to play uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I literally, I literally just got the platinum before I hopped on. So, okay, I pause on that for a second. So, <laughs> is all you have to do to get the platinum in Ghost of Tsushima turn on Ghost of Tsushima and start a game? Because I feel like that the the <laughs> platinum game percentage of Ghost of Tsushima, and, and I haven't looked at it. I, you know what? And while we're talking, I'll go to ps4trophies.com. I'm going to see what the what the what the gain rate is on that platinum trophy. I feel like it's a much higher percentage of people earning the platinum trophy and people who would never chase such a thing, like yourself, that are earning the trophy it is, in this uh, game. It is an incredibly easy platinum. It is one of those games where it's, if you play the game, you're going to get like 80% of the trophies, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a few that you have to, there are a few that you got to think a little bit about, like, like you have to like cosplay as Sly Cooper, and, <laughs> and it, it's it's weird, right? Like you you have to do a little bit of digging. There are some there are some trophies where you have to bow at certain altars, but they don't. But as populated as the map is, they don't populate those. Mm-hmm. So you have to find those. But now nah, you can you can just play this game and get like eighty percent of the trophies, no problem. And I and I guess the other twenty percent aren't that far out of your way to no to have no, to pick it's up. Not, no, and there's no there's no like difficulty achievements. Like the game is incredibly easy. I played it on normal. The game is incredibly easy once you, especially once you like it does a very good job of making you feel like a badass by the end of the game. Hmm. Uh, with the way it it uh, drip feeds you all your different skills and abilities and things of that nature. I was getting abilities in like the latter half of the second act and um it, it does a good job and then by the end of it you're just like i can do whatever i'm 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 japanese batman and uh so yeah it's a fun game um i literally did everything like once you get to platinum the game is like wow you you, you did it all <laughs> you did everything uh ain't nobody better than you so I, I'm I'm on um, let's see here I'm on PSNProfiles.com which shows um, you know different trophy percentages and stuff like that. Apparently, the Living Legend trophy, the Platinum trophy um, for Ghost of Tsushima, has been obtained by now. See, is this percentages of their no? Okay, so that's percentages of PSN profile users. So it, it has a three point one percent gain rate and that doesn't sound high but for a platinum trophy it is high like like most games platinum trophies have like a 0.2 percent yeah gain rate on yeah so so this is exceedingly high for a platinum trophy yeah that's like saying you know three percent of the population of the u.s got a platinum trophy right that's like that's the equivalency that you kind of need to need to go with here because it's it, it people don't platinum things though. like it is it's amir is warren <laughs> and like maybe one other person 
and then that's it. Those are the only people that platinum trophies. Almost fourteen percent of the people that have played the game um, have beaten the game. Like they've earned the the gold trophy you get for beating for beating it. That seems that seems kind of high to me too. It man, does because most people don't beat games. No. Now how and now how long? How many hours did you sink into this to get the platinum as well? Oh man, I I. I mean, ball, ballpark estimate. You don't have to give me the. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe twenty hours because I was I was doing a lot of uh, playing while I was supposed to be working. That seems exceedingly reasonable for a game that's uh, of of its size. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Rockstar big, where it's like it's big for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like there, like there's some busy work in it if you want to get the platinum, but. It, it, it's. I don't know if it's just because I'm I'm high on the game, mm-hmm. because if this was another game and I had to run around chasing foxes and finding all these different uh, things that populate the map, I probably wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it is because I'm into like the the motif. So that's that's one reason why I did it, and and two, you know, it's it's an. Uh, the last game I platinum was I got a platinum in uh, because platinum is not a ver- is not a word. Uh, the last game I got a platinum in was Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I love the hell out of Spider Man. So my yeah. my my problem is the games that I always get the most into have some of the most unreasonable platinum trophies attached to them. <laughs> like there's always a couple that are just like I'm not putting in the time required you know to, hate, to do this. I, I hate difficulty platinum uh, platinums. No one, like, uh, not not too many people do that anymore. I don't think, or at least not any of the main mainstream games do that too much anymore. Spider Man did it, and I was kind of pissed. But they had a new game plus option, so it mm-hmm. wasn't that bad. But like they do platinum, uh, they do difficulty trophies, and it's always for games that like, oh, you got to play it on this level in order to unlock. Right, like Uncharted, one. the Uncharted series yeah, and stuff like that. Like, so. Come on, man. So, um, I've just been continuing to play Super Mega Baseball three. So I'm I'm doing I'm doing the franchise mode in that game, and I'm doing like 36 game seasons, essentially. Um, I'm already in my third season, uh, in in the game. It's it's really fun. Um, it's exceedingly the gameplay again. It's exceedingly tight. Um, you know, being able to adjust difficulty. For specific aspects of the game, this is this is something that I think the show has done for a while. But in this one, you can really like fine tune the difficulty for like you can make different batting difficulty, different pitching difficulty, different fielding, and so on and so forth. And then like so, and the off season is very relaxed compared to most simulation sports games. Like you don't sign players to like long term contracts. Like everyone, it's it's kind of like soccer in a way, which I I think is. One of the way, reasons I appreciate it, everyone on your team is kind of working on a one-year deal that they'll just extend in perpetuity until they decide to leave after the season's over. Or you might have guys that retire. And then every player, when they hit the free agent market, has like, this is the salary that I want. But the longer that they sit out on the market, there's their salary reliably ticks downward. So then you play the you know, the, the, the game of like, you know, how low do the put the push your luck aspect of how low do I want this player that I'm eyeing to go before someone swoops in and, and put and potentially, you know, poaches them from me or, or takes them from me at some point. 
which is which I think is a is an interesting way to handle it. Um, yeah, it's a really good game. Again, if you enjoy um, baseball, but the show is just too much, and I and I get that because the show is a lot um, in terms of like mechanics and stuff like that, then you should definitely check out Super Mario Baseball. I'm going to guess that you chose the Buzzards. In- as your team. No, I actually created my own team. This is a, it, it has a really simple like team creator in the game where like you literally like hit like make a new team and it pre-populates like a randomized roster um that's pretty well balanced and compared to the other teams in the league they like your team might specialize in certain aspects of the game more so than other players and then you can like customize their logo you can customize their uniforms it's got a pretty it's a simple but effective like graphic design program that they kind of have in the game to to do this um and it's great because much also much like soccer, what I've done is I've taken to changing my team's uniform every season. Like I'm I'm redesigning it and kind of re-kitting it out every year uh, just to uh, keep things hey, fresh. Hey, you, and, and to make more money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, so like I said, I, I actually, um, when I made my franchise, they let you, you can either do like the regular franchise or you can do a custom franchise where you can determine – you know, which teams you want in the league, how many teams, how many divisions you want to have, how many play like you can customize every aspect of how the how the league is set up. And and that's not a unique feature to this game. Like uh, most sports games um have some sort of some sort of like fantasy draft mode or you know custom franchise mode, that sort of thing. Um but this again, like the, the big thing with this one is just accessibility, uh, which is very nice. So again, very good game. Um well worth forty five bucks if it's something that you might be might be into because there's a lot of replay value there for sure. Uh, moving on from there, uh, new releases this week. Really, there's only, so I didn't actually look at the new release schedule this week. The only one that I was aware of offhand uh, was the surprise stealth bomb release of Cuphead on the PlayStation 4, which came out today. Yeah, I thought that was a typo. No, no, that was just a, an unannounced, uh, an unannounced surprise uh, that they released Cuphead on PS4. Uh, I guess Microsoft. Wants all the money for Cuphead, which is which is smart, which is smart. Yeah. Microsoft. Well, we'll talk about Microsoft a lot later, but they don't seem like a company that's going to be gating a ton of exclusive games uh, this next generation. But we'll see. Uh, you also get the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection uh, on PS4 and X, or sorry, PS4 and Nintendo Switch this week as well. So those are really the only two new games that have come out. And then uh, we did get the announcements for the PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Games with Gold for this month. Uh, PlayStation Plus, there's a game called Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which is a 60-person online player multiplayer party game, um, which doesn't look too impressive from the trailer. However, what is surprising is, again, another surprise release. And this is available now. You don't even have to wait for next week to get this. Uh, The Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered is available for free on the PlayStation 4. I guess they'll hit you for the multiplayer at some point down the road <laughs> on this. So, if, like I said, you enjoyed the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign, uh, which I believe I enjoyed more than the uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign, then you can download that for free if you have a PlayStation 4 and you're a PlayStation Plus member. And it's available during the entire month of August. There you go. Uh, Games of Gold, not to be outdone, Microsoft has announced that uh, from August 1st to 31st on Xbox One, you can get Portal Knights for free 
It's a game that's been out for a little while. It's a third-person action RPG. Uh, it's more of like a cartoonish art style associated with it. Uh, Override Mech City Brawl is available from August 16th to September 15th, which is a giant robot battle game from the description. And then for Xbox 360, MX Unleashed is available from the 1st to the 15th on Xbox One or 360. And then Red Faction 2 is available from the 16th through the 31st. Uh, notably, Red Faction 2 has a remastered edition that's available for Xbox One. Uh, so that might be the better way to go. I don't know. But that game is very popular, Red Faction 2. Uh, it was kind of it, it was it was kind of a uh, hidden gem of the 360 PS3 era, unless I'm confusing it with something else. Because well, isn't is it faction? I remember the Red Faction series. Uh, it, it's gimmick, you know, because it's a first person shooter. So it's gimmick. Oh, you know what? environment. I'm actually incorrect. Uh, Red Faction Guerrilla is the game that I'm thinking of. There was actually okay. a Red Faction too, uh, yeah. that I don't think was nearly as popular. No, but Red Faction Gorilla was like third person, I think. Yeah, and it and yeah, you could like you can. It had it kept the destructible environment gimmick, but like in third person and yeah, I remember Red Faction Gorilla. I played the first Red Faction and Red Faction Gorilla. Well, now you can experience Red Faction too for free. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be doing that. Um. Check out youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. Click the uh, like, share, bell, notification icon. Uh, click the bell and then click it again to get like all of the stuff that we do, not just like the personalized list. Can I, can I tell you something? I'm feeling the bug. Again, I don't know how consistent I can make it, but I'm feeling the bug to start streaming again. Uh-oh. So we'll see. Uh-oh. But I but I want to get a capture card because I don't want I don't just want to stream PS4 stuff. I want to start streaming stuff on my Switch. There you go. So we'll see. But yeah, if, it's something I'm thinking about. If you uh if you if you stream on uh PlayStation uh and you play a multiplayer game, uh let me know because that's the only way I'm going to do it. It's true. because uh, it's the only way I like playing games. I like playing games with my friends. I don't like playing games with uh randos. Random random uh, but go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. You can uh, see Brad when he starts streaming. Uh, you can subscribe to all the TNP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerd Apocalypse, uh, the flagship show, uh, Black on Black Cinema, where we just reviewed a movie called Fatal Affair that we'll be releasing this week. Uh, and it is, bad, it is as bad as you think it is. Just going by the title. You know nothing about it, but you know that it's called Fatal Affair. So let me allow me to guess, just pontificating from the title of the film. I've never seen Fatal Affair. I was even unaware of its existence. I was surprised to hear that it starred uh, a good black actor in Omar Epps, who I like, <laughs> who I guess has fallen on harder times because uh, now that House is over, he's got uh, to get those acting gigs where he can get them. Uh, I would imagine that it's a really shitty low budget take on like a fatal attraction type of movie. Yes, with uh with the gender swap. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And it's and it's uh it's not good. Uh, look, Omar Epps, he's the best part of that movie. <laughs> so uh subscribe to Black on Black Cinema and you'll hear our take. Um you also get the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. Um, which Brad has been uh, jumping on uh, because we live in 
we we live we live in some times. We do. Uh, <laughs> go to densepixels.com slash premium, and for five dollars a month, fifty dollars a year, you get access to a premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances. We will tape. Uh, we will record some new episodes this week because uh, Jay is off. Uh, no time to bleed. Uh, the men with the golden tongues, which will I promise you, we will schedule it very soon. We're gonna we're gonna figure out the date as soon as this podcast is over. That is correct. Uh, upstage conversation uh, and uh, the full episodes of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Um, y- you know, politics is very interesting. Um, it is it is wrapped up in everything that that we do, and um, we as human beings, like we are all affected by it. It and, might uh, it might find its way into the first story of <laughs> Dense Pixels this week. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. And uh, and and you need Sherpas to guide you through all of the nonsense, and that is where uh, uh, Jay and Andy. And uh, and Brad, because they go by the free bird rule mm-hmm. of any two of them can be on that show at any point in time. Um, uh, or, or, some, or sometimes all three if it's a six-man tag. So Yeah, if it's a six-man tag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, listen, listen it, it's one of my favorite shows, and it's not just because I know the people on it. If you're not into politics, you, this show is worth the $5 a month. Uh, it's every week, and this show alone is worth five dollars a month. Everything else is a uh, is a is a happy extra. So yeah, go to densepistols.com slash print. So uh, I was not aware of this. Did you know, Micah, that the U.S. Navy has an official Twitch channel? I did not know that. Well, now you do. And they were streaming the other day. Uh, they were playing Escape from Tarkov on the. Twitch channel that belongs to the Navy. And someone asked in the chat why the Navy was streaming video games. And the answer that the player, uh, who is uh, machinist mate first class Andrew Crosswhite, who goes by the uh, handle Salty Snipe with a one, uh, says that we're here to show that we play video games literally. We're not here to recruit. That is not the point of this. However, there's a uh, there's a site called Motherboard that has obtained a handbook that's given out by the U.S. Navy, and it says, "quote Everything done on social media should be aimed at making connections between prospects and recruiters." And there was a PDF uploaded that is literally the Navy handbook guide for Twitch streaming. I mean, it says Navy Recruiting Command Twitch Guide for Streamers. Yes. It says recruiting. It's the second word. Now, this this comes on the heels of the Army coming under some scrutiny uh, because they also have a Twitch channel. And in moderating the, some of the comments that were in the chat and deleting them and things of that nature, uh, they might have violated the First Amendment because the government can't censor your speech. <laughs> and that includes on, on private platforms like Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing that's happening. So the Navy emailed this website motherboard and they said, quote, while we do not actively recruit on Twitch or through such streaming platforms, the esports team members are there to answer questions about their experiences in the Navy. If a user specifically asks the esports team member about joining the Navy, that team member 
will move that conversation to a private message to first find out if the interested user is over 17. And if that user is over 17, then the recruiter will thank them for their interest and refer them to Navy.com where they can talk to an actual Navy recruiter. Uh, the Navy's Twitch guide also has specific rules of engagement. That's from the Vice story that I'm reading from right now. It's very, very good, by the way. Very excellent writing. Uh, it tells the, the sailors not to engage with content that trashes another individual, celebrity, or brand, content that involves illegal activities, users that appear to be spam or bots, people trying to sell something, uh, content that is highly political in nature or negative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like I said, there's a whole, like, there's literally like a, t a Twitch tone. You know, they, they tell people to, Share your personal stories of your time in the Navy and confirm that you're speaking from your own experience and use utilize appropriate emotes, Micah, where, it, where, where and when it makes sense. Do not, however, uh, use emotes that are altered or misrepresented or tell other Navy stories and things of that nature as well. Now, look, oh, come on, let's man. let's be let's be very clear. Um, far from the first avenue that the United States military has ventured into to try to recruit and try to build out their ranks as much as possible. Technology changes with the times. The, you know, the military is going to keep up with that as best they can. Um, whether that's sending recruiters into schools or, you know, running ads on TV in, you know, targeted at specific demos and things of that nature like this. This is just a natural evolution of that. Yeah. I feel like, but don't be, I mean, you could you could you could call a spade a spade. <laughs> like it's not. Right, it's not you don't like, have to like fucking beat around the bush. Yeah, I'm not mad that you're doing this. I'm mad that you're lying about it. Like, like it, it, it's a recruitment tool. I get it. It's kind of smart. Uh, you know, you got to meet. I mean, to recruit people, you got to meet them where they are. Like that's literally. They're not going to come to you. Like you have to. You have to go to them. Right. So, uh, but the fact that they're like. No, we're not. We're not recruiting. Uh, as he's as as he's thumbing through the Navy recruiting command Twitch guide for streamers. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it. I I I get it. I I think it's kind of while I while I accept it. It's it's kind of I don't know. I always found recruiters to be kind of is is hanky man to me. Like you should, you should want to serve. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be convinced to serve. Bribed to serve. You mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, coerced, damn near conscripted. Yeah. You shouldn't be like, you shouldn't have to do that. You should want to serve. And if you don't want to, like, uh, I don't know, man, it just feels, it just, it just feels uh, like two steps away from a draft to me. And I don't, uh, I don't appreciate it. But hey, you know, I get it. <laughs> you need people to fill out your ranks. I get it. Jack was a uh, Jack was a Navy man, and um, you know, he works for the Navy now. He works for the government now. So uh, we're and uh, and the Navy is also getting caught up in this First Amendment stuff too. Apparently, they're banning uh, trolls from their chat who are asking about like war crimes and shit. <laughs> shit like that, which I mean, come on. If you're gonna if you're gonna be streaming on Twitch, you have to know what's coming at you. Like you can't you can't not expect that to to be flared out. Come on. Yeah, man. Come don't on. think that uh don't think that all gamers are just like, you know, a bunch of no nothing nerds who 
just sit in the basement or just or just that you're not like or just that you're gonna get trolls like that's just how fucking online is right like (laughs) it like it's adorable like it's like oh hey this is my first you know time on the internet like being on the internet and having to be like with with government like restrictions on you right like because the internet is a wild west it's a it's a shit show Oh, Micah. So I, <laughs> I scrolled to the bottom of this document to to look at ideal games um, that the Navy recommends playing while you're streaming on the Navy Twitch channel. There's not a single title on here that you probably like. Like, if I asked you to name five titles, you could uh, you could you'd go five for five. Guaranteed. Call of Duty. Yes. Right. Um. Fortnite, uh-huh. that's popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that. By the way, that's literally the only qualification. <laughs> it's got it's got to be popular. That's it. Uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yep, five. Yep, because right? yep. that's popular. Certainly, certainly. Um, do people still play um, uh, Overwatch? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more. Uh, one more. I don't know. I would say Minecraft, but I Minecraft like is on the list. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like I said, there, there's like there's like twelve games listed here, twelve or fifty games. It's literally just like pick the most popular twelve games that exist in the world, and they're all on this list. They're all on this list. C- CS:GO is on here. League of Legends, World of Warcraft, Dota, Apex Legends, FIFA, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Hearthstone. It, it, it it's all there. It's all hey, there, man. You gotta, you, you gotta, you, you gotta shoot. Uh, if you're shooting fish in a barrel, you might as well get a shotgun. Look, you're not. Look, you, you ain't. You ain't recruiting Navy folks playing Ghost of Tsushima streaming on the Navy right. show. That, that ain't fucking happening. So, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Um, Ubisoft, uh, either in a way to possibly wave their keys across the room and say, "Look over here, away from all this stuff that's going on with us right now." Uh, has announced that they're not going to be raising next generation game prices for now. Uh, in a call uh, with investors, Izgimo, uh said that video games released during the Series X and PS5 launch windows will remain at $59.99. This will include Watchdog. This will include Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, but they said that they are fr- they they might reevaluate down the road. I'm pretty sure as soon as they see the sales numbers for games like NBA 2K20 aren't going to be appreciably affected by the price hike. I'm sure they will be ready to drop games at $69.99 uh, just as soon as humanly possible. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, you got to – you gotta. we're in a weird – we're in the weird transition period. We're going to be in the transition period for a minute. But the second – I mean, the second that Ubisoft – makes a game that is, you know, ground up from for this new hardware. Yeah, oh well it's super expensive. Sixty nine ninety nine. That's and then it's gonna be the norm and then we're all gonna complain and then we're all gonna get used to someone's gonna someone's gonna bring up the fact that games used to cost more than that during the uh cartridge era and then that's someone it'll be me. It's me. Sorry. I'm that I'm that guy. <laughs> and, and we'll and we'll get used to it. I remember back in nineteen ninety six paying seventy four ninety nine from Toys R Us for a copy of Super Mario sixty four. 
Right. And that was 1996 money. Like, it's not like, yes, like a huge, it's like, it's like $110 today or something stupid. Right. Like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some crazy number. Yes. Cartridges used to cost a shitload of money. Everybody. <laughs> At least they gave me the whole game. Yes. I know they didn't have DLC back on the N64 era. Spare, <laughs> spare us your, spare us your pedantry with your nonsense. Talking about this shit. Um, some, this is a little surprising of me to me, but I guess I shouldn't be because this game, this game literally came out at the absolute tail end of the console's uh, heyday. Ghost of Tsushima is now the fastest selling PlayStation exclusive or PlayStation IP ever. Uh, they sold 2.4 million copies of Ghost of Tsushima in the first three days of its release. Uh, this eclipses the previous records of uh, Infamous Second Son, which then got eclipsed by Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think it got eclipsed once more by something else, but I don't see in this article what it is. Uh, of course, it is not uh, still the fastest-selling go- uh, PS4 exclusive. I, I should have specified new IP, fastest-selling new IP. The fastest-selling uh, IP of all time is The Last of Us Part Two, uh, which sold over 4 million copies in the first three days of its release. I think there was a game after Horizon that that got it, but I don't remember what it was. Might even Spider-Man. That would make sense. Or no, it was Days Gone. Days Gone beat out uh, Horizon. Really? Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah, I'm also, I would have been surprised about that as well. So, I uh, No, you shouldn't be surprised by this at all. Um, I'm, I'm only surprised because the game setting feels more niche than like a horizon or even a days gone for that matter. Like days, days gone's theme has a more broad appeal than fuel Japan. Um, but I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Like a good game will sell regardless of what the theme is. So here's my experience with, uh, you know, working at GameStop being around my friends or the, the people that I used to hang out with. It, it, it doesn't surprise me that there are two types of, there are two general types of gamers, mm-hmm. right? Like people who prefer, like the people who prefer the Microsoft systems and the people who prefer the Sony systems mm-hmm. and the people who prefer the Nintendo systems. Like you can, I can point them out to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there are, there are a lot of people who, who they like they prefer the sony systems and they all have a a thing about them and they appreciate this type of japanese culture and you know they they wear naruto headbands and they wear afro samurai headbands and like so yeah i'm not surprised and and people been people have been wanting something like this for a while i feel Mm -hmm. because that's you know, well, I mean, how long have people been pining for Assassin's bitching. Creed Samurai? You know, right. I mean? they, people have been bitching and moaning for an Assassin's Creed set in feudal Japan since the since the first game, and back in like 2007 or something like that. God, that right? series has been around for 13 years. <laughs> it's wild, it, it, it both feels like it's been that long and feels like it hasn't been that long simultaneously. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're on. What is it like? The what are there? Ten mainline games. Ten. I couldn't even tell you games. at this point, honestly. And and plus, like like what's a, what's 
Like, is is Liberation a mainline game? Like, I know we're not counting the Chronicles series, but is would you say Liberation is a mainline Assassin's Creed? It plays like one. Yeah, I honestly I would. Yeah, okay. I would I I would consider the Ezio trilogy mainline games, even though they started with Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Two, and then Brotherhood, Revelation, and then Assassin's Creed Three. And they realize, oh shit! Like marketing-wise, this doesn't make sense. Let's just drop the numbers. But I would consider it a mainline game just because it uh, it 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 deals with one of the mainline characters, and it came out chronologically. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, Liberation was the PSP one that came out. Oh, that, no, that had I the female that had the female assassin. Oh, I don't consider that. I I consider uh, I consider the main console the, the the main console games. Gotcha. Mainline game. Is is Rogue a mainline Assassin's Creed game? The 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 bastard child of the Assassin's Creed series. You know what? By my own logic, I have to say it is. There you go. I still never. I've, I've Rogue is the only one that I've never even like looked into, even yeah, a little I bit. Touched, I haven't touched it. I've so. at least played all of the other ones. I haven't. Uh, I haven't even even the even the ones set in China and Russia and mm. India, but uh, all very interesting locales that deserve their own mainline game but whatever let's stay in europe yep. um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i haven't touched bro. uh surprising news speaking of uh going way back uh so during the ign comic-con at home uh event which i guess is the online replacement for sdcc this year uh it was announced and a trailer was shown that g4 is coming back in some unknown capacity, the, uh, the defunct cable network, um, which I think closed up shop in like 2012. Like it's been gone for, for that long, uh, is coming back in some way, shape or form. Uh, how we don't really know. Uh, they have they're just a teaser, uh, rumors that Blair Herter is involved in, in some way, shape or form, which would make sense. He was on, you know, X play later on, I think, and, you know, attack the show, things of that nature. um, G4 mainstays like Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb uh, reacted to the news with shock and surprise. So I guess they're not involved with uh, with this rebooting of the network. Not not that they would necessarily uh, be you know jumping on board with that at this point in their careers. Um, even even Olivia Munn retweeted out the video that uh, that G4 uh, put together. That uh, last check, G4 was owned by NBC Universal. Uh, which is owned by Comcast. There's rumor and speculation or scuttlebutt, as Mike would say, that it might return as part of the Peacock streaming service that uh, NBC or that Comcast just rolled out recently. Um, but we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know what it's going to entail. Uh, it it better not be a, a network, like a channel. No, I think that would be no. a fucking terrible idea. No, that would be a, that would be a, a, a that would be quite the boondog. I don't have <laughs> <laughs> no it quite it the quagmire. It needs to be uh it needs to be uh an online like network or something like that. Because like the thing with G four or tech TV or if you're really old like me, Z D T V. God, I don't even uh, I don't even know what Z D T V is. Like yeah, tech TV I do. <laughs> it, it used to be called Z D T V before Tech TV. And then Tech TV was like they had like news. Yeah, they had like 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 Leo Laporte was on there, and you know a couple other guys that are yeah. that are big in the tech space still. 
Yeah, so. like it was a, it was like a real technology based television show or ch- channel. Um, you needed to be, oh God, you um you need uh, this to be. It didn't have, especially when it was G four. It didn't have content. It didn't have the the amount of con- it was like Spike TV for tweens. It literally, I mean, they they literally reran like re- aside from Attack of the Show and X Play, which were easily the and maybe Electric Playground earlier on, like which were the only reasons to watch the channel. They just ran like episodes of Cops and Cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically about it. So, <laughs> so you had that. I, so my question for you is, what possible role? Could a revamped, you know, and modernized for the times G4 fulfill that your IGNs and GameSpots and polygons and, and things of that nature can't fulfill or aren't fulfilling at this point? Um, nothing. What the, and that's the thing, right? The only thing that they could bring to the table is the name mm-hmm. and and personalities because you know if you bring back some of those personalities people will tune in for the nostalgia alone right and then you just have to pump out quality content the problem is i would imagine that most of the people who were involved with it have moved on to bigger and better things and you know you mentioned adam sessler and morgan webb i don't know what they're doing right now I got to imagine that Adam, Adam Sessler is being mad at Republicans and at extreme leftists on Twitter. That's what that's Adam Sessler's <laughs> job right now is being, is being an old man sitting on his porch yelling at people to get off of his lawn, basically, which he fully, uh, fully subscribes to, by the way. Like he yeah. fully admits that that's what he <laughs> that's what he is right now. I, he just uh, ran I out always, of fucks to give. I always loved Adam Sessler. He was uh, I had a I had a kinship with that guy like he would. I remember, I remember when I went to San Francisco, I wanted to go to the Metreon because that's where he did X-Play in a, in a hollowed out mall in San Francisco. And, um, but he was, he, I, I always respected that guy. I respected most of the people who, who were on that network. But yeah, I, like, I just don't, you're right. I don't know what new they could bring. Maybe they don't need to bring anything new. They need a big name. They need a, like, I know who Blair Herder is. Mm -hmm. I don't think these other people know who Blair Herder is. You know what I mean? Right. They They need, they need like a, in the games industry, right? So, yeah, to, to, to get people in. Like the, the name G4, some people hate that name. Some people hated G4. So, uh, because of what it did to tech TV. So, uh, and, and because of what it became, you know, the cheaters channel. Well, so, let us uh, let's at least hope that whatever content they do put out is worthy of getting a four out of five, at least. I remember I remember one incident on that show where every time they would review a Dragon Ball game, mm-hmm. they would say Super Saiyan. And people got so <laughs> mad, right? And, and you know so you know what's funny is that they probably like it probably happened by accident the first time they saw the reaction, and then they probably just kept doing it on purpose. They Afterwards. kept doing it on purpose, and they said, "Look, I have a I have a degree in like in like uh, rhetoric. I if a word is spelled S A I, it is pronounced Psy. And they, you know, and and then they were like, "And if you don't like it, fuck you, Super Saiyan." 
and this game gets a three out of five. <laughs> I know people were mad they gave threes to everything. It's because most games are average, guys. Right. <laughs> well, and, and and also again, it's the problem with game rating system is that none of them are balanced because a three out of five, if you equated it to like a ten point scale, is a six. And if a game gets a six, it's a bad game. But a but a game that gets like a three stars out of five is not a bad game. It's a good game. Like more more of what it would be can like a seven point five, let's say out of ten, right on on that other scale. So again, make uh, I, my my left arm for a standardized review system in video games, please. Uh, this is what you need. You need no. It, it can't be a number. You just got to read a review. That too. Just that's also review. fine. But if we're okay. but if we're going to insist on using review aggregation websites, I need the industry to adopt a standard system across the board. And the problem is, I remember EGM. Remember magazines? Kids? Of course. Yeah. I remember EGM. They had a ten point scale, but five meant average mm-hmm. for them. And we all go to school, right? And school is based on a ten point scale. Ninety to one hundred is A. Eighty, uh, uh, eighty to ninety is B, uh, and so forth and so on. If you got anything less than a six, you fail. Right. And, and, and that's the mentality well, and, that people and to have. and again to throw it out there, their competition, their main competition at the time, GamePro, also used a ten point scale, but they used a but they used it on a on a zero to five ten point scale. So again, the equivalent would be like a two point five, which doesn't sound as bad as a five out of ten for some reason. Right. So right. it just again standard system, please. <laughs> at some point ever, uh, the last news story of the week is apparently. And I'm not sure how a massive leak of Nintendo data somehow got out of the company last week. Of course, it got posted on 4chan, which made people, you know, scared to touch the fucking thing, which I don't blame you. Um, but just a lot of crazy shit like 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 and when I say source code, I'm saying like, you know, the original designs for Yoshi who looked fucking weird. Uh, in the in the original shots that you can see, uh, it confirmed the Luigi rumor from Mario sixty four that he was indeed supposed to be uh, in the game at some point. Uh, it showed that there was a un unannounced game called Super Mario World Five Yoshi's Island that never saw the light of day, which I guess turned into uh, what we now know as Yoshi's Island, which is technically Super Mario World Two. Um, apparently, Nintendo was not aware. That the breach had happened for months, uh, like <laughs> like they just didn't know that the stuff leaked out at all. Um, but yeah, so just just a treasure trove of information for especially like older Nintendo games. Um, it's there if you want to comb through it. Again, you have to venture into some dark corners of the internet if you want to to check this stuff out, uh, which I don't necessarily recommend. Yeah. It's not worth it. No, but even like even like Dylan Cuthbert, who was the the lead developer, I think, for uh, Star Fox Two, uh, confirmed that the stuff that, like stuff that was being posted and, and screenshotted and stuff like that was authentic. So this isn't a bullshit leak. Um, this is definitely stuff uh, that's there. There's a big long story on Vice if you want to really get in deep to it. 
Um, we're kind of we're really just scraping the surface just to kind of report it. But just very interesting that the one of the most closed off companies out there um, was able to not only let this slip, but just was completely unaware that it was taken uh, from under their noses several months ago. So uh, Yoshi looking like a realistic raptor is disturbing. <laughs> very much so. But at least we know the uh, the origin, I guess, for Yoshi. There you go. So that's it. Uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon, you get taken to Amazon storefront. And uh, all the purchases that you make uh, will go to helping us keep the lights on. You don't pay anything extra. And uh, you help out the show. Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. So last week, the big news, uh, Microsoft had uh, their first of what's supposedly, well, actually, I guess this is technically the second one that they did, uh, the Xbox Series X Games Showcase, where they finally showed uh, gameplay for some hotly anticipated games. They announced a lot of new games. Um, The overall gist of this presentation for me was kind of twofold in some ways. the first one is they made Game Pass look like an excellent fucking value, which Game Pass yeah. is an excellent fucking value for sure. Yeah. Un- undeniable to say that. Um, the second part is Xbox One Series X has a bright future, but I don't know if it has a bright launch ahead of it. Because a lot of the stuff they showed, most of the stuff they showed, is not coming out in what I would consider to be the launch window um, for the console. There's obviously one major game, uh, which is Halo Infinite, which we'll talk about in two seconds. Um, but a lot of the stuff that was just announcements, like they're just like, hey, we're working on this. Hey, you know, this is the first look at some of these games. And, so, and stuff like Forza Motorsport, I don't think you're going to see that for potentially 18 months to two years away at this point, unless they're much further along than, than we know, which is, which is possible to be quite yeah. frank. What do you th- what did you think overall about the, uh, the presentation that they brought? Um, the, uh, game pass is, is the thing for me. Game pass, game pass, game pass. And, um, yeah, I might, I might have to get game pass because there's a lot of like when I had it, mm-hmm. I didn't, it's it's cool. I didn't use it. I I I tried it out because I wanted to play Gears. Mm-hmm. And I essentially played Gears for free because uh, I canceled it. But it did have a lot of games that were on there. The problem is the games that I wanted to play, like the games that I wanted to invest my time in, uh, I already owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, that's you know my fault or whatever. But I already owned them. But it's, it's always been a great deal um, to the point where I'm like, how are they going to sustain this? Like- well, and, and here's the other problem, too. So literally every game that was shown during this presentation is going to be on Game Pass, which means if you pay your $10 a month or your 15 if you have Game Pass Ultimate, then you will get access, unlimited access to these games start on day one to play to your heart's content. But you don't have to have an Xbox One Series X to play them. If you have a gaming PC, you can play them. 
with yeah. Game Pass. I don't think their their approach to next gen. I don't think they're. You know, we all we all hear the stories about how. You know, at a console launch, company loses a bunch of money before, mm. like, it's a couple of years before they recoup their money. I don't think they're worried about that. I think if they feel like they can get enough people to, to uh, get Game Pass, then all of it will, all of it will balance out. Right. It's we we talk. We, I feel like we talk about it every time we talk about Xbox on the show. It's it's just such a non traditional approach to putting your games out. And to me, I, I still can't get away from the fact that it says one of two things. One of two, like like the statement that you're making is one of two is one of two statements, and that's either we're leaving a shitload of money on the table for these games because they're like Halo Infinite. People are gonna pay, would pay sixty dollars for Halo Infinite. Like that's like like there's a lot of games that they, and Forza Motorsport same thing. Like the, the, the new Fable same thing. Like there's a lot of stuff that people would absolutely pop down their sixty or seventy dollars for. If you released it standalone, instead you are ostensibly giving it away. Like I know you're paying for Game Pass, but in for all intents and purposes, they're giving the games away as part of the subscription service. Which then leads to point number two. You don't think that those games are worth sixty dollars, or you or you don't think that the games people would pay sixty dollars for some of these games, and that's that's probably true. It's not true of like a Halo. But it probably is true for some of the other under the radar titles I think that are coming out. Okay, I'm glad you qualified that because, like, one, you could still, if you want, like, okay, with Game Pass, is it like Netflix where there's they cycle games in and out? They do, they do, but the Microsoft exclusives I think stay on there in perpetuity. Like anything that's an Xbox exclusive will be on Game Pass now and forever. And then third-party titles get cycled cycled in and out. <laughs> uh, okay, I didn't know that with the. Okay, so I see your your Halo point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I just it's such a it's like Movie Pass, right? Mm-hmm. Like where Movie Pass is like, oh yeah, you could watch whatever you want for a whole flat fee, and then they were like, oh shit, we're losing money. <laughs> now we gotta now we gotta scale it back. Now you can't watch, you can only watch a certain amount of movies. Okay, well, now you can't watch first run movies. Like, this is, this feels like a dream come true, right? Mm-hmm. To, 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 and you don't even have to spend $600 or whatever to get the new Xbox in order to use it. Like, you could use it right now, and all of these games that you saw, like, I just, I, I feel the, like the, the bug the, is going the, to be pulled out. This skeptical part of your brain refuses to believe <laughs> that the benevolence is is real. Like 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 you think there's a catch, right? And I'm just uh, look, take advantage, man. T- take advantage uh, while you can. Uh, Game Pass has always been a good deal. Uh, fifteen bucks. I don't even include the ten dollar one. Get the fifteen dollar. Right. One. What's an extra five dollars? Well, plus you need gold anyway. It's not. It's not right. like you don't need gold. So right. Get get the fifteen dollar and fifteen dollars a month is like what three triple A triple A games, <laughs> three four sixty dollar games, and you have the potential to play whatever like. I'm, if I get a Series X at launch, mm-hmm. 
because uh, I'll end up getting one. Uh, if I get one at launch, I don't think I'll ever buy a game for it. You don't need to. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're giving them away. Like, I was going to buy Gears, mm-hmm. but the one when my subscription ran out, but I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to pay $60 for it when I can just pay this and not. I, my brain hurts, man. I get I it. Can't, I, I can't believe it. I get it. And like I said, if you want to play it again, they're remastering Gears 5 for Series X. Or well, not remastering, but, you know, just Series Xing it up. I suppose they're 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 playing a different game, man. Right, and um, and I'm very curious how it's going to work for them for the long run. I look, I know how it makes how it's going to work for us, and I am more than okay with it. And 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 that's the other thing too is that this is I feel like we're entering a different space than they were in because when they first launched this initiative a couple of years ago. It was like a Hail Mary of sorts. Like Xbox One was getting the brakes beaten off of it by PlayStation 4 in terms of like units moved. And I'm sure their software sales were not very impressive either, you know, comparatively to to PS4 exclusives. Um, So this was like a Hail Mary. This is a way to get people in Xbox to to buy the system, to get in the Microsoft ecosystem, to pull them away from PlayStation as much as they possibly could. And even if you're just using it for exclusives, there's a lot of value there. But this is not a Hail Mary play. This is you're launching a new console. And, again, you are wanting people to just give you $10 a month instead of buying the $60 games they want to buy. And while that – and the thing that I'm most curious about is I wonder, about, I wonder how the share is given to the developers. That's my – yeah, that's my thing. But uh, I, but I guess since it's, I guess since it's their studios though they have a lot more leeway and again Microsoft like if if Xbox One is a loss leader for them they don't they don't care Microsoft has three trillion is worth three trillion dollars they couldn't give two shits <laughs> if, if as as long as Xbox isn't bleeding them dry they they probably don't even care about yeah. the about how how in the black the Xbox brand is so I don't know there's very few companies that I think could do this Microsoft is one of like five companies on the planet in the tech space that could afford to just write off this money um, that they could be earning. We'll see if it pays off. It's going to be very interesting um, to see six months in uh, where console sales are for, for both PS4 and Xbox one. I'm not worried about PS4. I'm curious to see how Xbox one is going to do uh, come out of the gate. Let's talk about the games they showed off during this. Uh, They showed a pretty lengthy, um, like about a 10 minute demo of halo infinite. Now, I come I come to this discussion as someone who my my total experience playing Halo consists of playing like the first campaign mission of Halo 2 and playing like a 1v1 match against a professional Halo player uh <laughs> in, in Halo 2 and losing like 50 to 2. And I was I, I was I was happy that I got the two kills to begin with <laughs> against him. That is that is literally the extent of my Halo gaming career um so i never paid much attention to the franchise i was underwhelmed by the art direction shown in this halo infinite gameplay montage now this is not just a trailer this was game this was direct from the game gameplay now i'm sure it's still in you know alpha or beta or whatever whatever stage the game is in right now is this always like does halo just look like this like is this always how halo has looked yes okay like it looks it looks um 
it looks like it's 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 the most realistic cartoon you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and and it's always looked like this it's all that was one of the things that that when the first halo came out you know it, it you're a space marine right mm-hmm. and in a space marine you're used to being in space and on decks and everything is black and gray and then you land on the halo ring and all of a sudden you see this beautiful lush green mm. and blue environment right like that's that's the thing, and, and that's what Halo Infinite is trying to to mimic, right? It's trying to rekindle those those feelings again. Maybe I'm just conditioned by all of the other first person shooters that exist, but I don't know. Like, I, like I feel like when you look at games like Destiny, or when you look at games like the newer Doom games and and things of that nature, I I just feel like the visual style is more complex. If that makes sense, like like it's a, like it's much more detailed and looks more rich. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. It it didn't blow me away. Part of it is is you know it's it's a bunch of human characters fighting mm-hmm. like in a in a hum, in a in an environment that is meant to at least in this part is meant to look somewhat like a place where humans would inhabit. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it. It looks like Halo to me, and and sometimes that's what you sometimes that's what you want. Um, it looks like Halo. It sounds like Halo. Like it it really does a good job of invoking all of the all of the feels that you get when mm-hmm. you play a Halo game. Uh, but this time, uh, as a possible live service game, I guess, uh, which is why it's called Infinite. Um, we'll see. Yep. And part of it is because this thing has to run on current gen hardware, also. Yes, right. So it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to. You know, it'll be like it'll be like how Destiny was mm-hmm. when when last generation to this generation, people were like, "It looks the same." Like, no, it it, it you know <laughs> it, it's the little things that you see. Yes. So I'm sure Halo fans are very excited. Uh, I did I did watch a video. That kind of gives the synopsis of the Halo, like story. It it uh, it's fine. Like it seems kind of normal sci-fi fare to me. Like I don't. It's nothing. It's n- the thing with the Halo. With Halo, it's all about story and it's all about characters, right? Mm. Because the story is very generic, right? But it's all about characters, and the way uh, I, I when you're not playing as Master Chief. Uh, for the most part, I don't give a damn. There, there are two games where you don't play as Master Chief, and ironically, I think they're the best Halo games. It's Halo, <laughs> it's Halo ODST and Halo Reach, which is my favorite Halo, Halo Reach. It's a, it's a wonderful story with great characters, and then 343 took it over, and Halo 4 I didn't really care for, and Halo 5, why is Luke Cage in it? Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, but it's all about characters. And eventually, like, you start the game, you start Halo. Like, way back in the day, Combat Evolved, you have this voice in your head. It's Cortana. She's your road dog, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout all these years, Cortana has become corrupted. It's like watching your best friend go down a, go down a, a dark path. And that's where, that's where the, you know, the, if you're not invested in that, mm-hmm. You know, it's just another Space Marine story, but it, it, it's just another uh, alien ripoff. But, but um, no, I will, I will play this. Um, 
I Halo Reach was was it for me, like in terms of story. Halo Four and Five, I didn't really care for it. I hear that this is a good jumping on place to kind of get back into Halo. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to playing my little right. Space Marine game. Uh, they showed off a CG trailer for State of Decay Three, just to let you know that that game uh, will indeed be happening at some point. Uh, they also showed a Forza Motorsport trailer, which they say is made in engine. Uh, if there's any, if, if you ever want to launch a console and you want people to fawn over how good the graphics is on your new console, show them a racing game. Because I, pre- I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the the GameStop customer vernacular. <laughs> how good the graphics is. <laughs> uh, yeah, these never impress me. These never impress me because like, like you fawn over it and then, and then you get the thing in your hands and it's like, oh yeah. It still, it still looks like every racing game. Oh, the light, the track lighting looks better than it did the (laughs) previous time, which is fine, (laughs) which is fine. Um, there's a new game from rare, uh, called Everwild, uh, which they showed a new trailer for that also looks like it was using in engine footage. Uh, a new game from Don't Nod coming out called Tell Me Why, which like looks like every other Don't Nod game that currently exists, basically. Uh, it's a adventure, like choose your own adventure game with a supernatural flair to it. So that's coming out uh, August 22nd uh, in Alaska. See, this, is, this is the perfect type of game for Game Pass, for me. Correct. Because I, I really enjoy Life is Strange, but I don't want to have to keep buying all of them and all that. Like, no, but if it's there, I'm going to play it. Uh, they're coming out with an update for Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, that is coming to Game Pass as well. Uh, and will be provided via smart delivery as well. So if you already bought Ori, then you're good to go on that. Uh, Outer Worlds. Uh, announced their new DLC called Peril on Gorgon, uh, which will take players to a new planet and give them new quests, weapons, armor, perks, and flaws. Uh, we would like the Outer Worlds very much on this podcast, and more Outer Worlds is, I'm sure, a very good thing. Uh, they made a Honey, I Shrunk the Kid game, kids game called Grounded, uh, which the trailer was shown. Apparently, that's going to be an early access starting uh, as you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so you can sign up for that if you'd like to on Xbox One. Uh, Obsidian's newest RPG is called Avowed. Uh, it's a action RPG. It's first person. Uh, it looks very similar to like an Elder Scrolls uh, style game, at least from this initial look. But again, it's a new Obsidian game. People are very excited. Uh, there's uh, the new. There's a new studio that was headed by the former lead designer at Quantic Dream called Interior Night. Uh, their new game, As Dusk Falls, uh, is was shown off. Uh, if you are familiar with games from Quantic Dream? You know what this basically looks like, essentially. Um, that uh, that is going to be there. Uh, they announced that Senua's Saga Hellblade Two is going to be taking place in Iceland. Uh, they showed a new trailer for Psychonauts. Uh, Destiny Beyond Light is coming to Xbox One Series X at 4K 60. No shit. Uh, they're also adding it to Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you can play Destiny on Xbox One for free, including all the new expansions. Um, Stalker 2 was revealed, which is a big deal because it used to be PC only, uh, but now it's coming to Xbox. There's a new Warhammer game, uh, new Tetris effect is coming out. That'll also be on, uh, PlayStation, I do believe, as well this holiday. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of going down the list. There's a new Fantasy Star Online 2, um, game that's coming out 
which again will probably be cross-platform. And then they ended it with uh, the announcement of a new Fable game, which Peter Molyneux has nothing to do with. So that's the only reason I'm interested in. It. <laughs> <laughs> But again, this game probably is not going to come out for at least two years, most likely. No, probably not. So, uh, anything that really kind of, kind of got your, got your dander up, or really, really drew you in? I mean, like that's the that's the thing, right? Like, I don't see a game. I, maybe, maybe two games on here I would pay sixty dollars for, but this presentation has me interested in getting Game Pass mm-hmm. since I can just get that and have access to these to play them at my leisure. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird, man. It, well, and, 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 and again, like for, for you and I who don't really play on PC, like my, like I have a Mac, your PC is not, you know, up to snuff. If you're trying to play triple A games on it, there, there's a compelling interest to get an Xbox series X. If you are the guy that, does have a high-end PC, and I guess they're really not trying to get you to... I, I mean, I guess that player has already gone down the path, right? Like, like, they, like they're going to play on PC, so I guess the I guess the thought process is, well, we might as well get your money in some way, shape, or form. Like, if you're going to play on PC, we might as well get you get you somehow. I Like I said, I just don't know... Like, like but they keep saying, like, oh, these games play best on, on Xbox Series X. No, they don't. They play best on PC, because PC, you could take beyond... The hardware specifications of an Xbox Series X. But what you just said, we're gonna get your money somehow. Right. That's that's their play. That's their play this generation. Is I we want your money no matter how no look, you can play whatever you want as long as you're giving us fifteen dollars a month. Uh, we don't care. And I look, I'm very interested to see like uh, hopefully with this. This whole console war shit will kind of subside a bit because uh, it's for Microsoft. It's not about moving units Mm -hmm. and and, you know, Sony is doing the traditional thing and Nintendo's always done their own thing. So I feel like now these three companies are the furthest they are from direct competition with one another in a weird way. And I, I don't know, man. It, this is a this is a weird, exciting time. I wish I wasn't forty goddamn years <laughs> old before it happened. <laughs> you know what? I we're we're at an advantage in that because we've gotten to experience like like our to be to be frank, and y'all out there can disagree if you want to. Mine and Micah's and Terrence's generation, arguably from video games, is the best generation because we started. Pretty much on the NES, and we've gotten to see. We didn't have to deal with the the bullshit of like the Atari era, yeah. and we've gotten to pretty much live the the proper evolution of video games and experience pretty much high after high. Like we like it hasn't really taken a step back since the NES started. It's it's only been getting better as time goes yeah. along. Yeah, it's wild to think about. You know. Back in 1985, when I got my NES, and it was, and it had two games with it, and the, like, just the evolution of those games, of, mm-hmm. of, like, look at the evolution of, of, just Mario. Period. Right. Let alone gaming in general, and 
Like, I can remember all of that. Whereas, you know, you young punks started with your PS2s. What the fuck? Like, get out of here. Well, and, and plus, like, we, so we, we were also old enough to have truly experienced the arcade era in, in some yeah. way, shape, or form. We were yeah. here for the birth and death of the handheld industry. Like, we got to see that whole, <laughs> that whole life cycle uh, perpetuate itself. We were here for the kind of be- beginning of the online uh, services age, which began way back on the Dreamcast back in 19 or in 2000. Way back in the day, a system truly ahead of its time. We don't 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 apologize for being forty goddamn years old. You've gotten to see the best <laughs> the video game has to offer, and you'll continue to, as long as you're walking around on this uh, on this rock. I feel so. like my dad, who uh, you know, he used to he used to read Dick Tracy comic strips, mm-hmm. and Dick Tracy would have you know his little watch. That yeah, was, like, like no, like that's a great and comparison. Now, like your parent, well, and but also like your like you know comics. Like your parents, I, I don't I don't think your dad still keeps up with modern comics, but he would have gotten to see quite the evolution yeah. uh, in the comic space if he was you know if he yeah. was around. Like it's it's wild, man. It's it's wild. I the like the people that I'm jealous of from a from an entertainment standpoint. Like if you were born, I want to say let's say let's say if you were born in the '50s, you arguably got to see the greatest live through like the greatest arc of like the evolution of movies. I would say, like from yeah. the '50s on through like the '90s, and I think the '90s in many ways is where movies kind of peaked. And now, like, we're seeing improvements in the technology of film, but in terms of the ability to tell stories and, and cinematography and stuff like that, I think that the 90s is, is where the, the, the greatest leap stopped, and then it's been more incremental over time. I'm sure people yell at me and tell me I'm wrong, but that's fine. That's, that's how I feel about it. Um, we go to the post office. There's a lot of questions in the post office, including Anthony just monopolizing the post office. We'll, 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 we'll blow through his stuff. Um, Roderick asks, what games are you waiting to buy on the next generation consoles? He said he's not buying anything new till the PS5 drops. I feel like that the the existence of smart delivery kind of negates the need to hold off for a yeah. lot of these. Uh, you know, I, when I pre-ordered Cyberpunk, they were like, hey, if you buy this, you'll get it on the next gen console when it's available. So at no extra charge. So. Um, I do not have the patience that you do, Roderick. <laughs> I need to play Cyberpunk uh, the moment it the moment it is available. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not waiting on uh, I'm not waiting on anything. So Anthony asks a cavalcade of questions. We are going to we're going to lightning round uh, Anthony's questions. We're not going to answer all of them. We're going to pick and choose. Uh, first, what game did you really want a new game plus option for? Um, any game that's not 20 hours long, uh, for uh, me, I hate new game plus. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't usually play games twice. So I don't care about a new game plus option. Uh, yeah. What game difficulty level do you normally choose and why? Whatever is default. Same. Cause I'm not trying to get my ass kicked. I'm trying to enjoy right. myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> if this is how it's meant to be played, this is where I'm going to play it. Very rarely do I do difficulty things unless i last time i did it spider-man like i really enjoyed it and that game had a new game plus so if money were no object which arcade cabinet would you want for your home 
Um, I, I don't know because I hate playing on sticks. <laughs> I, I really do. I kind of I kind of have it behind me. Like the NBA Jam one is kind of is kind of it's kind of the best for me personally. It's the one I play the most. That's for sure. Um, let's see here. Key specs to pay attention to if buying a TV for gaming. Refresh rate. Yes. Refresh rate uh, over resolution, honestly. I, I remember when I when I got my uh, my 3D TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get it for the 3D. I got it because it was a 240 hertz refresh rate. Yep. And, That's... Um, and people were like, yo, wh- whoa, what is wrong with yo? What Your TV is amazing. Like, yeah. Refresh rate. Right. And also, don't buy a 4K TV unless it has UHD, which I don't really think there are any new ones on the market that don't at this point, but... UHD is much better than, or is much more important than 4K is. Um, let's see here. Uh, what city would you like the next Fallout game to be based in? I kind of wish Carrie was here for this question. Um, they all look the same to me. <laughs> they do. I think. I think LA could be interesting just from the architecture standpoint. Maybe I. I would need something that has. Um, I would need something that's not landlocked. Something with a lot of water. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, same question for GTA, London, like a proper London game. Um, I think for me, London, Paris. Oh, Paris uh, is better. Actually, I, 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 I will change my answer to yeah, Paris. Paris, Paris has some wild, like, the, like I, the city planner in Paris is just like circles. Woo! Like, it's just <laughs> circles all over the place. Man. Paris is a Paris is a fun, uh, a weirdly laid out town that I think would be very fun for a gta and finally when it comes to racing games do you like arcade or sim arcade same the same with me get that sim shit out of my face same with me uh let's see here uh cam says my new tv was delivered today he talked about this last week and he's firing up ghost of shishima tomorrow have you guys ever contemplated and or followed through on purchasing a new tv because of how good a game looked and you wanted to do it justice uh, I uh, yeah. I purchased a TV. I purchased I purchased said 3D TV uh, after I after my fiance broke up with me, and uh, you know typically when a when a black woman is is dumped uh, or gets out of a relationship, they cut all their hair off and they start brand new. Like that's the stereotype, right? They do the big chop, cut that man out of your hair. And and start living a best life, right? The male equivalent, because I don't have hair to chop off, is I buy something expensive that I don't need. And that was that was this that TV right there. I uh I have done this twice. Um I when I when I got a PS4 Pro, I didn't buy a new TV right away. When I got Horizon Zero Dawn, I did. because uh, I wanted to see that game in all of its potential glory. Uh, and then when I bought my monitor up here, um, it was for, uh, I think the, the Destiny patch came out to make it run in 4K HDR. So I'm like, cool, now we got to do this. So <laughs> uh, let's see. Malcolm says, so Brad doesn't like samurai and sword fights, but I'm the hater. I just don't, it just doesn't do anything for me. That's all. <laughs> uh, which platform do you find easier to navigate on in regards to streaming Twitch or YouTube? So this is this is a very interesting question, um, and it has so Twitch is very bad at UI in terms of navigating for content, but it's very good at 
bringing the content that you generally follow up to the surface for you to find. Whereas YouTube is much more intuitive to navigate because we're all used to using YouTube. Like we've all been doing it for a decade plus now, but they're very bad at promoting gaming content. They're terrible at it. Yeah. It's awful. Um, so it's, so it's kind of like a, like it's, it's, they both have their pluses and minuses. I think Twitch is a better platform for game streaming, but that's also literally Twitch's purpose of existence is to stream video games. Yeah. Whereas YouTube has a lot of, has a lot of, uh, pokers in the fire as it were. Uh, Leonardo asks, have you gotten obsessed with something during quarantine? Uh, he's been watching lots of videos with like Gundam models. He's already ordered two. He's already built one. Uh, so he's falling into he's, that trap. And, and he screams for help. <laughs> uh, I can't help you because this is what I've been obsessed with. Taking pictures of toys and buying toys. I have way too many of these things. I just got Carrie's wife in today. <laughs> And uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while. So I need, uh, I, I take pictures of toys. That is my uh, obsession during the quarantine. Uh, yeah. I have, I have been reading more. Um, wouldn't say I've been doing it obsessively, but I've found time to, uh, to read more books, which is something that I've always meant to do and just never seem to find time to do it. But I, now I've done much better. Unfortunately, my, the, the watch, content has kind of fallen off. I just, so with the new job, like I, I used to take my day off during the week and, and do my video every week that I had film and edited and do all the whole nine. Cause it was like a four to six hour production all told. Um, and now that I have my weekends where I can see my family for the first time in my professional career, essentially, I just haven't had the time to, to do that. The podcast is a little bit easier from a time standpoint, but I, I've kind of not abandoned the watch YouTube channel, but I definitely haven't put out any videos in the last, uh, <laughs> in the last several months, which is, which is both sad and you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, but that's, but that is it. And then, uh, lastly, Johnny says, after all these recent directs and streams, uh, do you miss E3? No, no, not at all. Um, because it, I remember, like, get it gathering around at noon or whatever for the for the Microsoft presser, and then gathering at nine for the Sony one. Um, and there's a certain like communal experience with that, like like going to the movies. With See, other that's people. that's what I miss. Like, I I miss, like it's not the same, and we haven't really done any of like live chats during these like direct streams or anything like that mostly because they're happening in the middle of the fucking day and we we have jobs and we work um but also because it's it's just it just doesn't feel the same um i i there is part of me that does miss it like i like i because i used to always take off during e3 week or at least you know like monday tuesday wednesday that week and i don't know there there there's it's it's almost kind of like a sport um absorbing like the fire hose of information and keeping up with it and, and taking the notes. It's kind of like watching the Olympics in a lot of ways, like where you're like, you're, you're like trying to like, all right, I, I, I can't watch everything, but what stuff do I really want to see the most? And like, you make time for that and, and, and sort of thing, but you just kind of get caught up in the zeitgeist of everything that's going on. I do miss that aspect of it, but for I me, 
but from a from a convenience standpoint like the convenience is 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 outweighing the the uh the communal aspect of it because like i i would only want to the only time i had really good uh the only instances where i had a really good time doing it is when i'm chatting with you guys like if i got messenger open and mm-hmm. something is going on and we're watching it and we're going back and forth you know what i mean that's fun but uh you know i i, I don't know i i'm digging i'm digging this these little like but my only problem is that they're all over the place right like <laughs> oh cyberpunk's having one avengers is having one uh microsoft is having one sony's having one nintendo's having one he and, and it's hard for me to keep up with all of the like i miss the aspect of hey we're all doing it right here mm-hmm. but at the same time i can literally go and just look at them whenever i want to look at them yeah so, i didn't i didn't watch the xbox thing until sunday when i was like oh yeah like i need to watch that <laughs> for the show for the show this week so but yeah so like i said it's it's, it's i agree with micah mostly mostly not there's definitely some aspects where where I do though for sure. Uh, that is it for us this week. Don't forget if you too want to submit a question in the fan group, go to densepixels.com/fans on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you do all the other Nerdpocalypse shows as well. Uh, go to youtube.com/densepixels. Subscribe there as well. And on Twitch, uh, you can follow Terrence at Apparition Four Ten. Follow Carrie at Suppets Carrie. And uh, like I said. I might get the gumption to dust off the old Twitch account as well uh, at Dense Pixels Brad, and then if anything's uh, worth posting on YouTube that I stream, uh, I'll download it and post it over on YouTube as well after the stream has been done. So we'll see what happens with that. This is also going to require me having to teach myself OBS again, which I'm not looking forward to because I fucking hate OBS. Why has no one made like a? very easy intuitive streaming client yet you're too much like bright man i'm just saying i'm just saying it's a million dollar idea i think twitch is actually working on something themselves but i think it's in like beta maybe i'll maybe i'll research it we'll see that's it for us this week thank you guys very much for watching and listening we'll see you all the next time so yeah